3: Call in at 303-690-3000.
0: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer request. Maybe you have a question about something related to the Bible and what's going on in the world right now or what's going on in your life personally. I would love to chat with you about that and hopefully, by God's grace and by the leading of His Spirit, bring some clarity to areas where there's been a lack of clarity for you. So I would love to hear from you. You can call in or you can text in again with your Bible questions. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and there's something that you've always wondered about. This is a great opportunity for you to call in and discuss that. Um, or maybe you have a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you over the phone or via text. The number to call over the phone is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720 720-336- 336 Zero eight nine seven for the text line. Again, the call in line 303 690 3000. Here at the beginning of the show is always a great time to call in because we always have open lines right at the beginning of the show. So we've got three open lines. We're waiting for your calls to come in. I'm waiting to pray for your prayer requests and answer your Bible questions. So give me a call. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. We're broadcasting here in this area, the Front Range of Colorado and up into Southern Wyoming on 89.7 FM uh, in the Northern Front Range and 101.7 FM in the Southern Front Range down in the Colorado Springs area. So we're glad to have you all tuning in locally. We also want to greet those who are tuning in on the East Coast on our sister station, Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those tuning in on Truth FM, in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky, wherever you're tuning in from. We're so glad that you are listening, that you're part of this program. And again, this program isn't just about listening. It's an interactive opportunity for you to have your questions answered, to have your prayer requests uh, prayed for by many people around the world who are tuning in and listening. I say around the world because we also have an online audience. For example, right now, I'm just looking at a map of people who are tuning in around the world. Looks like we have some listeners in the Washington, Oregon area, Southern California, Colorado, New Mexico, um, Texas, the Midwest, the East Coast. We've also got listeners in Ukraine and in France at the moment. So uh, we have the ability for people to tune in and listen on their phones or on their devices through uh, the internet. And so you can do that if you haven't yet downloaded our mobile app or if you haven't yet connected us to your um, Alexa speaker or whatever it is that you use to listen to radio and programs like this, we'd really encourage you to do that. The mobile app is totally free. Uh, You can go and get that just in the App Store and Google Play Store for your phone or for your tablet. And you can put that on your device and you can listen anywhere in the world. You can listen to it on your Google Home device or your portal or whatever you use in your home just have Bible teaching and worship going all the time, as well as, of course, this show where you can have your questions answered and your prayer requests prayed for. Hey, we do want to remind you guys on the East Coast on Hope FM, as well as those of you listening on Truth FM, that you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. Those listening online and on Grace FM, you're hearing the show live. But for those of you who are hearing the show on on a delay, we want you to just be aware of that in case there's any kind of disconnect between what you hear and, uh, and the timing of it. Uh, just to put a timestamp on today's show so you know that we are live, um, or for those of you listening a week later, this has been recorded on December 11th or being broadcast on December 11th, 2020. And uh, so we still want you guys on the East Coast and in Tennessee to give us a call uh, and text us with your questions. And then you guys have a unique opportunity where you will get to tune in a week later and hear yourself on the radio, but don't just let that be an opportunity for you to listen to yourself. Use that as an opportunity to introduce somebody else to that Christian radio station. It's a, it's a great opportunity for you to be able to say, hey, go ahead and tune in at this time. I'm going to be on. You can hear me, and maybe that's a way to introduce them, that friend of yours, that family member, to Christian radio station in your local area that's um, broadcasting Bible teaching and worship and who knows what God might do? We hear great stories all the time of how God is using Grace FM and uh, and this show, Calvary Live, to reach a lot of people. And so we know that your local station will do that as well. And, and we'd love for you to use the opportunity to get them listening as well. So give us a call. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- 336 0897. Yeah, I saw a piece of advice here just saying this that uh, maybe you're out there and you're like, hey, I don't have any Bible questions, but somebody I know. Like, I've got a friend and they've got some Bible questions. Hey, give me a call with your friend's Bible questions. I won't pry, you know, and I won't make sure that it's not actually your question. Go ahead and call me with your friend's Bible questions. Maybe that's a way for you to get equipped to answer those questions that people ask. Uh, Before we go to our first call, we've got got a few calls coming in now already, and uh, you can still call us. We've got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. But before we go to our first caller, I want to just tell you a few words about myself, and then we'll get on to the calls. Uh, I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and our church Recently moved. I mean recently now it's been a couple months, but we it's it still feels very new to us We recently moved to a great location just on highway 119 uh, East of the city center of Longmont, but still in Longmont proper. We're kind of in between I-25 and downtown Longmont right on highway 119. We're just a half mile east of County Line Road on Highway 119 and we're just opposite from Sandstone Ranch Community Park for those of you who are familiar with Longmont in this area. And so we are on the eastern side of Longmont, but right on uh, State Highway, Colorado Highway 119. And so when you're driving down 119, I'd love it if you just look north As you get into Longmont and you'll see our building, you can't miss our sign. We got like the biggest sign we could possibly get so that people from the highway wouldn't be able to miss it. So if you're driving by, we'd love it if you would come visit us on a Sunday and worship with us. And if it's like not a Sunday, then pray for us when you drive by. We'd love it if you'd pray for us in the ministry that God is doing here at Whitefields. And we'd love to have you join us. Um, We're currently... Uh, we just moved to three services on Sunday mornings, so we we now um, have three services. Our service times for in-person worship are 8 a.m., 9:30 a.m., and 11 o'clock a.m. So that's 8 a.m., 9:30 a.m., and 11 o'clock a.m. and we have children's ministry right now. We call it NextGen at our church. That is only at the 930 service, and you have to pre-register, and that's all because of COVID regulations. So uh, if you have kids and you'd like them to be part of the Next Gen program, we just encourage you go on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, and you can pre-register your kids for Sunday and see how many spots are still open there. But um, yeah, definitely, we'd love it if you'd worship with us, either in person or online. So if you're here locally, maybe you're in Longmont or you're in one of the surrounding communities like Lyons, Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, uh, Lafayette, Erie, Niwot, Boulder. We would love it if you'd come and worship with us. And if you are outside of that area or you're concerned about the virus, we welcome you to worship with us online at whitefieldschurch.com or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whitefieldschurch. And you can also find us live streaming on Facebook as well every Sunday morning. And we live stream our 9.30 service and our 11 o'clock service. But we'd love to connect with you anytime over our social media. Just look us up, Whitefields Church. We're on all the social media channels. And we'd love to connect with you in those ways. Today, we just opened to the public our food pantry, which is called Table of Hope Food Pantry. It's a ministry that was born out of these difficult times that we're in. And we did have some people come by today and we were able to provide them with food. So if that is a need that you or anyone you know who lives in this area has, please get in contact with us, whitefieldschurch.com to get in touch with us, and we'd love to um, see how we can serve you. So let's go to our first caller. I'm find that Adrian in Greeley, Colorado. Hi Adrian, welcome to the program. Adrian. Well, uh, I'm not hearing Adrian's voice, but I do see his prayer request. It looks like Adrian says that he has three um, interviews, job interviews, and he wants prayer to get the right job. So Adrian, it looks like you might have dropped, but let's go ahead and pray for you um, with you off the air anyway. So Lord, we lift up Adrian to you, and we lift him up, especially as he's got these three interviews in front of him. What a blessing to have, you know, the the options of these three interviews and the the likelihood of landing one of these jobs. But Lord, at the same time, it's one of these things where we can say, well, not only does he need a job, but Lord, he desires to have the right job, the job that you want for him, the job where he can best use the gifts and talents that you've given him, where he will build relationships through which he can share the gospel with people. And Lord, we ask that you would bless him by showing him the right job to take, especially as the offers come in after the interviews. We pray that the interviews would go well and you'd guide him as to which uh, job is the right job for him and open the doors. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air. With that, we have three open lines and we'd love to hear from you. So give me a call with your prayer requests and your questions about the Bible. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So I broadcast this show on Fridays. I'm your host every Friday. And I broadcast the show from our church here in Longmont. And uh, today I'm looking out the window and I just saw a whole bunch of trucks pull up. And this reminded me of something that I wanted to share with you guys, which is that our church is hosting a great ministry that is based here in northern Colorado called Kenzie's Causes. And what Kenzie's Causes does is that they provide Christmas gifts for children in need. And they do this for thousands of people. And so uh, tonight they're going to be setting up at our church and tomorrow tomorrow they're going to be uh, distributing these gifts. We're going to have a whole bunch of people, you know, outside of our church, and gifts will be given, children will be uh, provided for. But the really cool thing about it is that uh, this organization, Kenzie's Causes, they um, asked if they could host at our church, and we said yes, and part of the deal is that they're going to allow us to give out gospel materials and invite families to church and things like that. So I would love it if you would pray for us that this weekend, by having this group host this big event at our church, that not only would families be provided for, but that they would also have their greatest need met, which is the need for a savior that they would come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that this would be something God uses towards that end. So let's go ahead and pray for that. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would um, bless this weekend at our church with Kenzie's Causes here. Lord, we ask that you would uh, as these families come into our church or outside the front of our church, Lord, we pray that they would not only get tangible needs met, but, Lord, that this would be a step in the process of you meeting their greatest need, the need for a Savior. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to our next caller, Tanya, in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Nick. How are you? Doing great. Good. Um, So I just had a question about um, sanctification. Um, I have this friend who explained to me that Sanctification begins before you actually become saved, and she uses that verse um, in Matthew where Jesus is praying. It's right before he um, goes to the cross and he's praying for his disciples and then and during the prayer he says, um, "I pray that they would be sanctified, even those who will believe."
0: Yeah, um, I think you're thinking of John 17. I'm that comes 17. to your
1: mind that you know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe it's in John 17.
1: Okay. Jesus yeah. is
0: praying his high priestly prayer. Yeah, but go ahead. So, so the question is, when does sanctification begin? Is that kind of yeah?
1: You? So does, yeah? So does it actually begin before you become saved, or is it a process that starts after you are saved?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that the difficulty in this and the reason why it's a question is because of what the word sanctified means. Now, um, I'm just looking for the actual verse, and it is in John 17, but I'm looking for the exact verse right now. And John seventeen twenty. it says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me, through their word that they may also be one, just as you Father, are um, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent them. but in this section he is praying for consecration and sanctification. He says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is the truth. So on the one hand, I'm not seeing specifically that this verse says that there are certain people who, are sanctified even though they are not yet believers. But even if it did, I would tell you that that isn't necessarily a problem. And the reason is because of what the word sanctified means. Sanctified means to make holy, but understand that to be holy means to be set apart. So we often think of holiness in terms of perfection, and that's an aspect of holiness. But oftentimes the word consecrate, or sanctify, or even the word holy, like be holy as I am holy, right? It means to be set apart, to be different. Um, you could think about something really special, right? Like, like maybe you have special dishes that you use on uh, special occasions. You set them apart from your common dishes, right? They're, they're set apart for a special purpose, and that's the idea. It's to be separate, to be. Um, Yeah, I guess consecrated. That's the word that we use. So what is he saying? He's saying that there are people who do not yet believe whom I have chosen. And they're not believers yet, but they will be. This reminds me of like what it says in Acts 18, where Paul the Apostle is in Corinth and he's very frustrated. He's having a very difficult time. And obviously he's thinking about leaving Corinth because he has a dream in the middle of the night where God speaks to him and says Don't leave this city yet because I have more people in this city who are my people in other words They're people whom God has set apart. He has chosen them to be his own and Yet they do not yet believe but they will believe and so that's the sense in which they might be sanctified But on the other hand the the way that sounds like your understanding the word sanctified is that process that takes place when the Holy Spirit comes into your life And begins to transform you um, into the image of Christ. And so I would say that those are two different things. The idea of having someone set apart or chosen. In that sense, sanctified or consecrated, set apart. And the process of sanctification, which is the process by which the Holy Spirit works in you to make you into the image of of Jesus. Does that make sense?
1: Yes that makes sense. So the thing, the part where I feel like it might be crossing a line a little bit is to think that somebody needs to be sanctified to be saved. So in other words, like, if you see an unbeliever sinning, and then you would tell them not to sin, because you think that you're helping them to be sanctified by telling an unbeliever not to sin— thinking that that's going to lead to their salvation, right. that's not a right way of thinking. Is that right?
0: You're, you're correct. And, you know, let's put it this way. You can't clean a fish until you catch the fish. And God's not out there trying to clean fish before they're caught. And I think this is a mistake that people often make, is that they try to, um, they try to enforce Christian behavior before someone's actually a Christian um, I remember when I was a missionary in Hungary I was a missionary there for 10 years and that we had this girl who came and worked with us and she had been reaching out to a, a young girl who had come to one of our camps she was a teenager and this girl the missionary girl came to us one day with a great report she thought it was a great report she said yeah so this girl does not have any interest at all in being a Christian but the good news is I got her to listen to Christian music and she said she'd try to stop smoking And we were like, well, that's kind of not the point. Like our goal is not to, um, you know, convert people to um, listening to Christian music or acting in Christian ways or believing things in certain political views. Our goal is that they would experience transformation from the inside out by the Holy Spirit coming into their lives. And so, uh, you know, I'm not out there trying to make Christians or make non-Christians act like Christians. I'm trying to go out there and help uh, non-Christians understand why they absolutely need a Savior. And they don't need to clean up their life in any way. They can come to him just as they are, and then they can allow him to change their life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I actually do feel better about that. It's an upsetting thing to me to... Um, have somebody tell me that, or anybody, in fact, that they have to act a certain way to be saved?
4: Mm.
1: Because I feel like Jesus, we're saved by grace and grace alone. And then when you have that encounter, then, like you said, the change happens from the inside out. It just—it's ha- like a, a natural, like your heart desire changes, and the sin becomes less and less. Mm -hmm. And you become more and more like Jesus.
0: Yeah. it's Not to say that we don't
1: have a uh, we have our own responsibility in those actions, but I feel like it 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 naturally happens if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and let's put it this way, and this this might sound um, you know harsh. It's not meant to sound crass or anything. But here's the deal: there are going to be a lot of good people in hell they're going to be a lot of great people who didn't smoke and didn't chew and didn't go out with girls who do and people who basically followed all the rules and were the teacher's pet and did all the right stuff and they will go to hell because they were not born again because they uh, because we're not saved by our actions and so we want to help people and here's the other thing is that um, this is something that was really pointed out by the reformers and Um, You know Calvin was maybe chief among those who said this thing and it was and and Luther as well But this was really a great point that they made They said, you know when we talk about people being depraved, right? So if we say that we have a depraved nature That doesn't mean that people don't do good things apart from God It doesn't mean that you can't be good apart from God Um, What it means is that when we do good things apart from God We do them for the wrong motives and the two primary wrong motives for which we do good things apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in us and being born again is That we're trying to justify ourselves or glorify ourselves, right? So we're trying to justify ourselves and say I really am a good enough person, you know, like look at my actions You know, I I have done enough to be accepted by God and by people and then glorifying is essentially basically patting ourselves on the back, making ourselves feel good. And so what, what these reformers pointed out is that, yeah, there are people who don't know God, who do good things, but why do they do them? Is it to make themselves be accepted by God? Because that's not how we're accepted by God. We're accepted by God, not on our own merits, but on the merits of Jesus Christ.
1: So. Thank you talking to me about that. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. And I could go um, on, of course, but we've got other callers, so I should probably let you go.
1: Okay, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind um, just taking a prior request, though, real quick, before we hang up. Sure thing. Um, okay, so I know a young lady. Um, she's a young teenager um, who is pregnant, mm-hmm. and she's um, having all kinds of health issues because of that. Um, And um, there's a lot of concern about her giving birth, um, how that's going to go. She has to go see a specialist and all kinds of stuff without revealing too much information. But it's a scary situation.
0: All right, let's pray. Lord, we lift up this young woman to you. Lord, we we thank you for this baby who is um, in her womb. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. And um, Lord, we pray for this pregnancy, that it would be healthy, that it would be successful, that you would help the doctors to treat her well, to diagnose, and really to help this baby come into the world. And we pray that even after the baby comes into the world, Lord, that you would provide for this young mother and you'd provide for this baby. And that we just pray uh, for them that you would calm their fears, give them confidence in you, and we pray, Lord, that they would know you and walk with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You God bless you, Tanya. Bye bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Give me a call with your prayer requests and your questions about the Bible. The number to call is 303 690 3000. That's 303 690 3000. Let's go to Claude in Baltimore. Hi, Claude. Welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Nick. How are you, Pastor? I'm doing well. Um,. Here's what I do. I, I do a great thing for, for. I'm very blessed because I almost lost my foot. My foot's a little infected now, but the Lord will heal it again. I lost my eyesight. I can see. I had surgery on on, on my heart. I'm good now with that. Um, I still got diabetes, but anyway, what I do, I got an ambulance that I bought with twelve hundred dollars of my own money, and I made it into like an emergency service unit for the homeless. And what I do. I got a friend of mine owns a restaurant. He donated me the soup and the coffee on Sunday. And I go out and, and give them blankets and try to minister the word of God to them. But it seems like when I try to tell these people about Jesus, the devil keeps messing with me. I mean, we know he's not going to mess with you, but he's he, he got me watching pornography. And I got away from it for a while, and now I'm back to it. And I, and I had a vision where the devil was trying to run me into hell. And I don't want to go to hell, believe me. I believe you. So, like, like, like you were saying, people do things to make themselves feel good, thinking the Lord likes. Like I told people, when I go out to feed the homeless, I'm not doing it for my sanctification. I'm doing it for God to help God's people. Mm-hmm. Not, not for profit for me. No personal gain. Yes.
0: Okay, so I can pray for you then. That's that's good um, to know that you're you're struggling with this temptation. There's a really great promise. In um, 1st Corinthians chapter 10 where Paul promises the the Corinthians, he says, you know, God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And that's a really important promise because a lot of people have misconstrued that verse to say that God won't give you more than you can handle. But if we read the verse as it's written, it says God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. um, But... And he says, no temptation has come upon you except that which is common to man, and he will give you the strength to stand up in it, uh, under it, as you depend on him. And so, I want to pray for you that you would truly turn to him in this time, and that you would depend on him, um, and that God would give you the strength, because I believe that he absolutely will, as you depend on him. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Claude, and I thank you for his desire, Lord, to walk In holiness and to know you, Lord, to be set apart for you and to do your work. Thank you for the way that you're using him with the homeless. And we just ask, Lord, that you would continue to use him, continue to help him minister. But as he's helping other people, Lord, we pray that he wouldn't lose his own soul in the process. Lord, we pray that he would stand up under this temptation by your strength that you so freely give. And so, Lord, we pray that you bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him. In Jesus' name,
2: amen pastor God bless. can you also pray for these homeless people i saw four yeah. of them today at the 7-eleven and they're hooked on drugs
0: yes let's do that we're gonna to have to do it after our break we're going to our uh, two minute break right now in the middle of the show so i'll do that after the break hey give me a call we've got three open lines 303-690-3000 we'll be right back in two minutes time Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Kitty from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. We've had a ton of text messages come in throughout this show, and we're going to get to some of those probably even just right now, but I would love to have some more callers call in over the phone with your questions. Love hearing your voices, so give me a call 303-690-3000. Call me with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's something you've always been curious about, something that's got you wondering. I would love to help answer those questions for you, and I'd love to pray for your prayer requests. So give me a call if there's something going on that you would like prayer for. Hey, I want to take this opportunity as well to personally invite you to join us at the church where I pastor here in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, We have a new location. It's, um, It's a large building that God's blessed us with, and that allows us to Social distance, it allows us to have in-person services, and as you may have heard, the governor of Colorado deemed churches essential this week, and so we're glad about that. We uh, have three services on a Sunday morning, and we'd love to have you join us for those in person or online. We have two online services at 9:30 and 11. That's on our website whitefieldschurch.com. You can find all the info to watch that on our YouTube channel, or Facebook, or on our website. So whitefieldschurch.com on Sunday mornings at 9:30 and 11, or you can join us in person at 8 a.m., 9:30, and 11 a.m. And just a reminder that our children's ministry is only at the 9:30 service right now. You need to pre-register for that, but we'd love for you to do that on our website whitefieldschurch. Dot com, And you can also um, hear some of our, our past messages. And currently, right now, we're in a series for the season of Advent, which is the four weeks leading up to Christmas, a series called The Promise of a Savior, in which we're doing one of my favorite things to do, which is to travel through the Bible and look at the promises about Jesus in the Old Testament. And that we're going to do that culminating with Christmas Eve where we look at the birth of Jesus in fulfillment of all of these great promises throughout the ages, even from almost the beginning of human history. And so we started the series in Genesis chapter 3, then last week we look at Genesis 49, which is a really cool promise about how the uh, promised Savior, the Messiah, will be from the the family line of Judah from the tribe of Judah well this Sunday we're going to be looking at 2nd Samuel chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter chapter 9 in which we're going to see how Jesus is the son of David and the son of God and the son of man and what do those three names mean maybe you think you know I I would just challenge you I think a lot of people aren't 100% sure on what they mean I think we know what son of David means But what does it mean that Jesus is the son of God? A lot of people assume that uh, that means deity. And I would show you that actually doesn't mean deity as much as it means that he is a king. Whereas the son of man, that term actually refers more to Jesus's deity than a lot of people assume so we're going to be talking about those this coming Sunday But I'd be happy to talk about with those with any of you here who have questions What does it mean that Jesus is the son of God? What does it mean that he's the son of man? Uh, if Jesus is the son of God, why is he called the son of man if Jesus is God? Why is he called the son of God? What does that even mean? So we could talk about that but that I'm going to be preaching on that this coming Sunday and the Promise that the Messiah would be a descendant of King David, which should be a great study for us and um then next Sunday, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 53 and 60, where we see how the Messiah is the victorious king who gains victory over sin and death in the devil through his sacrificial death. It's going to be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. We'd love to have you join us either online or in person. More information available at whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our next caller, Gigi in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to the program.
5: Hi. Yeah, I'm just calling because um, I'm a Christian. I've always lived a Christian life. I don't, you know, I've never really done anything. Um, I don't drink, don't smoke, don't take. I don't even have any, don't take any prescription drugs, nothing. And I guess I've lived this life, and I guess somehow I, somebody got jealous of me or something, or I don't know what happened, nice home, nice, you know, I'm a nurse. I take care of poor little children that, you know, with birth defects and, you know, those kind of children that, you know, some people, they, they look at them, you know, different. And I love them anyways, you know, I've always done that. And somebody St. has started a slander campaign about me. I mean, a horrific slander campaign. That is like a, a gazillion times impossible for me to have done anything like that. Um, and it's been going on for two years and we've, you know, I mean, we've done things to whether, you know, whatever to take care of things, but I just wanted to ask if I could have a prayer for my situation that, um, it stops, that they, you know, leave me alone. I'm not bothering anyone. I've never bothered anybody. I'm just this, you know, quiet little Christian lady. I take care of, you know, I don't get in anyone else's business. You know take care of my family my children and and my job and you know i'm always willing to help anybody that needs help so i don't yeah. know how this could ever come against me like this unless that's the reason because i am like that and the devil is just mad or jealous or something of me i don't okay. know
0: yeah well let's pray for you and let's pray that this stops But at the same time, you know what? I'm going to pray something else, too, which is in Matthew chapter 5. I just want to remind you of something. And it's something that is so almost like shocking. And I, I think that we should feel how shocking it is. Here's what Jesus says. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what will be your reward? Even tax collectors do that. And if you greet those who greet you, uh, what are you doing more than others? Uh, even pagans do that. But be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So as we pray for this slander to stop, I'm also ju- let's just pray blessing upon these people. It's so counterintuitive almost, isn't it? It's so um, contrary to the way that we feel in these times. But Jesus says that this is the way of, of Christ. This is the way of the cross, and so let's do that. Lord, we pray for Gigi, and then we pray. We think about King David as he was writing the Psalms, and he just asked, "Lord, why is it that those who who spread slanderous lies why do they prosper, and why are, why do people believe them? Why do you let these things happen to your people? How long, O oh Lord, will this last? And and yet, Lord, we also want to pray." Whoever these people are who are speaking these false, uh, slanderous words against Gigi, Lord, we pray that their mouths would be stopped. Lord, we pray that their lies would not be believed. And yet, Lord, we also pray for you to work in their lives. Lord, we pray for blessing in their lives. We pray for joy and for happiness. We know the fact that hurting people hurt people. And so, Lord, there's probably some aspect of their lives where they're hurting and they need help. And so, Lord, we pray for them, that you would meet them in that place, that you'd minister to them. But Lord, we do pray that the slander would stop. We pray that the lies would not be believed. We pray for Gigi. Lord, give her grace and strength to stand up during these times, to continue holding her head up high and walking with Jesus. And, Lord, we pray that her name in the end would be exonerated. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And
5: Thank God you. God bless you,
0: Gigi. bye <laughs> Bye-bye. Boy listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air, you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Questions about the Bible and how it relates to the world today or practical questions in your own life. I'd love to answer those questions for you or maybe just you have a technical or theological question. I'd love to answer those. So go ahead and give me a call. 303 6903000 that's 3036903000 or text us at 7203360897. Let's go to Mike in Eaton, Colorado. Hi Mike, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Pastor, how are you? Doing great. Hey, well I got my question is um and I believe it's in Matthew somewhere. It's where Jesus is talking about um it's not what enters a man's mouth that defiles him, but what comes out of him is what defiles him. Um mm-hmm. I've been having a discussion with a friend and we always try to take things into context so we read the whole verse. And my understanding of that verse is when he says nothing that enters a man's mouth defiles him means nothing. But he always brings up the fact because they don't eat pork. He brings up the fact that they were just talking because the disciples had weren't washing their hands. So he's all that's all that verse is referring to that you you know, that germs won't defile you, but pork was still pork wood and i'm like i don't know i don't know how to explain it i don't believe that it i believe that it means nothing means nothing but he doesn't because when he takes it into context and i get that you know they were just talking about the disciples weren't washing their hands
0: mm-hmm. so, yeah he's still not taking the verse in the context of the rest of the passage because that's in matthew chapter 15 uh by the way and if you continue reading here's what it says um You know, Jesus goes on and talks about, you know, whatever. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. What he is speaking about in the context, literally of that verse, but especially if you go down where Jesus explains the parable to them. Here's what he says. I'll continue reading from verse 17. Do you not see that what goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart? This defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now, again, there in verse 20, he mentions eating with unwashed hands, but he doesn't mention other things that would have been unkosher. But here's the point of what he's saying. He's saying what makes you unclean, and what does it mean to be unclean? It means to be spiritually unclean. What makes you spiritually unclean is not anything you eat. It's not anything that enters your body. Spiritual uncleanness, the source of it, is not anything from the outside that goes into you. It is something which dwells inside of you. And it is the fact that your heart, my heart, your heart, right, we um, are fallen creatures. Evil isn't just out there in the world. Defilement isn't just something outside of us. It is something which is bound up in our very hearts. And that is why what we need more than anything is a heart replacement, right? We need to have our heart of stone, our heart that is rebellious against God, removed and replaced with a heart of flesh that is sensitive to God and obeys God. This is the key. Now, let me give you some other passages which teach this exact same thing. Go over to Acts chapter 10 and look at Acts chapter 10 where um, we have an instance where Here's Peter, and he's on this thing, and this is this thing where he's going to meet some Gentiles, a Gentile centurion who's coming and wants to be a Christian. And then what happens is that God gives him a vision. Peter's up on the housetop, the sixth hour. He's going up to pray, but he gets hungry. And then as he gets hungry, it says he has a trance or a vision. This is Acts 10, verse 10. And then it says that in his vision, he sees heavens opened up and something like a great sheet descending being let down by its four corners, and in it were all kinds of animals, reptiles, and birds of the air. Now, especially when we're talking about reptiles, but then we get into birds. These were things which were unkosher, right? So you could say these were pigs in a blanket, right? And it says that a voice came to him and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, no, 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 I have never eaten anything that is unclean. So this absolutely includes pork. And the voice came to him again and said a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. The number of perfection, fulfillment, right? Fullness, three times. And the thing was taken up into heaven. Then that same vision is repeated again in chapter 11. And then, um, here's another verse for you. Colossians chapter 2, Paul goes into this whole thing and says, do not let anyone judge you based on food or drink, festival or new moon or Sabbath. These are but a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So what that means is this. It means when we read Old Testament stuff, like for example, the kosher law, it means that those things are not the point in themselves. They point to the thing, which is the point, which is Jesus. And here's how. The whole point of the kosher law was twofold. One was literally to protect people at a time when they didn't have good sanitation. Now, we now know that you can get diseases from eating the things which were on the list of things which were unkosher to eat. And they can literally kill you, especially without proper refrigeration. And so that was was part of the reason. But another reason, and and what Paul's pointing out here in Colossians chapter 2, is that the reason... God gave these laws is to communicate something to us. And that is that there's a difference between being clean and being unclean. And all of us are unclean. And in order to stand before God, we need to be made clean. And so this whole thing happened. But what Paul's saying is these things are a shadow of what was to come. But now in Christ, we focus on the substance, not the shadow. You could put it this way. It'd be like if I came home from a business trip. And as I'm walking up the the driveway to the front door of my house, you know, my wife comes running out to see me and, you know, I, I think she's gonna hug me, but right before she gets to me, she she dives on the ground and just starts kissing my shadow. Well, that would be pretty weird, right? Because I am the one who makes the shadow and I'm standing right there. Why would she be infatuated with my shadow when I am right there? It'd be like if You know, I was sitting next to my wife on the couch and just staring at a picture of her and thinking about, man, I love this picture of my wife. Well, that'd be kind of weird because my actual wife is right there. Do I love my wife or do I just love the shadow of my wife? And so I would say, first of all, your friend really is misunderstanding the point. Secondly, if he wants to not eat pork, that is totally fine. Nobody's required to eat anything. um, But to think that pork defiles a person is, is something which the Bible very clearly dispels.
3: I agree with that.
0: <laughs> so that, did, that
3: makes sense. So i got one more quick question. Now, he's always saying, the Bible says in there that the heart can, I don't know the verse he uses or the phrase, but how a heart can, mis- can lead a man astray or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how it's phrased, but something about the heart can.
0: Heart is deceptive.
3: deceptive there you go would that be true if you're born again see i disagree with that if you're born again because i believe jesus lives in our heart now
0: yeah that's a great question and uh i would say the the tension of being a christian is this there is a aspect here's one of the phrases that we use in kind of theological language we'll say already but not yet and that's the that's the the language of the kingdom right the kingdom of jesus has come already but not yet. It's come in part, but not in fullness. We have been saved already, but not yet, right? There's a sense in which salvation, there's a, there's a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense to salvation. So we have been saved in the sense that it's something that Jesus did. It's finished. It's in the books. It's going to happen. As far as God's concerned, it's done. On the other hand, it's also something that is happening. We are being saved. We're going through a process of sanctification. We're being set free in real time from things that held us captive. And in this sense, oh, and then I'll, I'll say one more. The, and then there's a future sense, right, in which we will be saved. Our salvation is going to have a future aspect where uh, we will no longer live in the shadow lands, where we will enter into the kingdom of God fully uh, and forever. And so these these three aspects, we live in the tension of these three things all the time. Now, it's not a bad tension to live in. We just understand that it is both and. This is like Martin Luther. He famously said, you know, justus et peccator is what a Christian is, which means you are righteous and a sinner at the same time. We are declared righteous, and yet we still sin. So can our hearts deceive us? Yes, I believe that our hearts were not who we were but we're not yet who we will become. And for that reason, we don't want to trust our hearts. We want to trust God's word because our hearts still have the ability to deceive us. Thanks. Cool. God bless you, Mike. I
3: appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks.
0: Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to our next caller, Brad in Commerce City.
4: Hi, Brad. Welcome to the program. Pastor Nick Cady. It is indeed a pleasure to converse with you.
0: Awesome. Glad to hear from you, Brad.
4: Christmas blessings to you. My question is simply, how do we pray to the Father other than the Lord's Prayer, but still include Jesus in our relationship and grow and foster that relationship? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed into the Father because he was in heaven and Jesus was on earth. Jesus ascended as at the right hand of the Father. How do we pray? I always start my prayer speaking to the Father, Yahweh, and I end it with Yeshua, Jesus Christ, because he is our mediator. John 14, chapter 6 clearly states that. How do I correctly pray and teach others as well to pray to the Father but still include Jesus and foster my relationship with him, sir?
0: Yeah, no, good question. And I think this is um, this is pretty clearly laid out for us in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture will you find anyone praying to anyone other than the Father through the Son. Now, there are examples, right, where you have people bowing down and worshiping um, incarnations of Jesus prior to, Christmas, right? So like in the Old Testament, you see people honoring Jesus as Lord. But whenever people pray, and this includes Jesus, it includes the apostles, they pray to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's one kind of exception to that, and that's in Acts chapter 7, where we um, we see Stephen, the martyr, speaking to Jesus as he is being taken up into heaven. And that kind of, is that really, truly the same thing as praying, since he's literally, you know, being taken up into heaven at that moment? It would seem that the consistent model that we're given through the scriptures is that we pray to the one God, and we remember that that one God is, you know, there's one God and there who eternally exists in three co-equal, co-eternal persons, and yet they are separate persons who have different roles within the Godhead. And so we pray to the Father, through the Son, as you mentioned, as our mediator and by the Holy Spirit, as Paul talks about, like in Romans chapter eight, right? Like that when we don't know how to pray, he helps us in our weakness um, and we pray by the Holy Spirit. So I, I would say that is um, the model we're given. And the the model we're given by Jesus in the Lord's Prayer is not necessarily something to be recited, but um, it's a way of teaching us how to pray, that we can speak to God as our Father. We can Ask for his will to be done and we can pray for our daily needs. And I think that having all of those aspects right glorifying God or praising God um, Praying for our, our needs and asking for the things that we need asking for God's will to be done These are all very important aspects of prayer and I think that that's a great model
4: there's a template. We can interject any kind of wording we want in there as long as we stay to the premise and we serve the Father through the Son with the help of the Holy Spirit. Got it? that's how I've always lived my life, and that's been my motto. So I appreciate your time. Blessings, brother, and your whole staff. You guys have a wonderful Christmas season, and thank you so much.
0: Awesome. God bless you, Brad. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts today. Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We'd love to serve you this Christmas season. Uh, As Brad was just pointing out, you know, we are in the Christmas season. It sometimes sometimes seems to really sneak up on you unless you're one of those people who starts listening to Christmas music in October, um, which I am not. Let's put it that way. I will not say anything else about those people and I'll just move on. But I do want to tell you that our churches will be having some Christmas Eve services. So if you are in the Longmont area or in any of the surrounding communities, we would love to have you join us on Christmas Eve for in-person worship services. And the times for our services are uh, December 24th, so Christmas Eve, 3 p.m., 5.30 p.m., and, oh, I got this wrong. I'm sorry, 3 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 6 p.m. So let me say that again. 3 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 6 p.m. Now, we're expecting our 6 p.m. service to be very full, so we would really encourage you, if you can, come to the 3 o'clock or the 4.30. But if you can only make the 6 o'clock, we would love to have you join us then as well. But that's Christmas Eve here at Whitefields, and you can find more information on all our social media channels as well as on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And again, just want to reiterate that I'd love to have you join us for church, either in person or online at Whitefields, the church where I pastor. I'll be preaching this Sunday on Jesus as the son of David and the son of God. And I'd love to have you join us. You can check us out, whitefieldschurch.com or join us. Our physical address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, 80504. So that's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504. Okay, let's go look at some text messages And uh, we are going to uh, go to some of those. One text message we have is in regard to COVID-19. This person says, I have a business, and my business is really suffering because of the COVID restrictions. Would you please pray for my business? Yes, let's do that. And let's pray. I have a friend, uh, two friends actually, in California who are currently Um, struggling with COVID, so I'd like to pray for them as well as other people who you may know who are struggling with it right now. Uh, So, Lord, we lift up to you this very difficult situation with the coronavirus, COVID-19, all the restrictions, all the things that are going on and trying to wade through all the information. It's very difficult as well as, of course, those who are sick. And so, Lord, we pray for those who have businesses that are suffering during this time. Lord, we pray for an end to this pandemic. Lord, we pray that you would sustain these businesses and these livelihoods. We pray that you would sustain these people whose livelihoods are being hurt during this time. Lord, be with them and keep them close. Lord, we know that this might be a time when you are stretching their faith and wanting to do something new. Lord, I pray that they would uh that they would revel in that, that they would be excited about the prospect of growing in relationship with you through difficulty. But Lord, we do pray that you would watch over them, take care of them. Lord, I also pray for uh, my friends here in Colorado and in California, as well as the loved ones of everyone listening who are suffering right now with COVID-19, whether in the hospital or at home. Lord, we do pray for healing for them, and we pray that you would bless the medical Staffs that are serving them, we pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Looks like we have a question about angels, um, and this person said that they are actually going to not be able to hear my answer, but they said uh, they read in Colossians one sixteen that there are things in heaven, things on earth, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, and he's saying, does this mean that there's a hierarchy of angels? What does it mean that uh, the throne mentioned here, could this be some sort of angel? Well, I would say definitely there is a hierarchy of angels and demons in the Bible. That that seems to be something that's very clear, and that verse is definitely talking about that. Now, what's interesting is the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of information about angels. It actually gives us very little information about angels, and there's a very distinct reason for that, and that is, I believe, because God does not want us to be students of angels. He doesn't want us to be infatuated or preoccupied with doctrines of angels. He wants us to be laser-focused on Jesus, the one who is higher than the angels, as we're told in Hebrews uh, chapter 2. So that would be my answer to you. Yes, there's a hierarchy, um, and we don't know a lot because we're just not told a lot. So well, another question here, and it looks like very quickly someone says that they heard a message from Pastor Dave Love in which he was saying that when uh, when the father um, forsook Jesus or, or cast our sin upon Jesus, that the Trinity was not splintered or reduced. And I would say I absolutely agree with that. Uh, God cannot be reduced or splintered in any way. And yet Jesus took the punishment for our sins on the cross so that we could be saved. He was our substitute, and um, that's the good news of the gospel. Hey guys, God bless you. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next Friday. Have a great evening and a good weekend.
3: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.